There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and welcome to another Business Elevation Show on Voice America, and it's brilliant to be back with you again uh, for another week and I'm, I'm really excited about today's show and uh, I'm going to introduce you to Rachel uh, very very shortly um, but before we talk about um, about um, the show today and innovation and success uh, with Rachel K. Mishawa, the Vice President of Intel, I'd like to say a big thank you to my guest last week. Um, Eric Pelton um, was um, a fascinating conversation talking about uh, intellectual property and protecting trademarks and how they can help you grow your business. And uh, he's a lawyer, but I thought that he did that in a really in a kind of engaging and helpful way, um, not overly complex, but clear sort of step-by-step sort of process and thinking as to how you go about doing that. So a big thank you to Eric Pelton and also to my good friend Chad Barr who introduced Eric to the show. So um, I need to thank somebody else today. Um, you may remember that we have had Judy Robinette on the show a couple of times um, talking about, um, on the last show, about cracking the funding code, which was a hugely popular uh, conversation which people have found very, very helpful, um, helping people to um, understand how to gain funding for their businesses. And we've had her on the show as well, talking about um, how to um, be a power connector and connect with lots of people around the globe. And indeed, she's um, uh, done that um, in- incredibly well through her network. She seems to know almost everybody. And, and she suggested to me, somebody you must interview is Rachel K. Mishawa uh, from Intel. Um, so I'm delighted that that circle has been, um, has been uh, closed and Rachel is here with us today. Um, so um, we're going to talk about innovation and success. Um, before we talk to Rachel, let me just share a few sort of points about her. Um, today's guest has an absolutely huge corporate role at in, in Intel. And, um, but she also combines that with being coming across as calm, super intelligent, she's passionate about retail and about technology and about innovation. She's glamorous, she loves her family, she was named by Insight Success as US Business Woman of the Year. She was recently also featured in Forbes magazine, sharing the unvarnished truths of being an executive in high tech. And so I'm really intrigued today to, uh, to talk to her about, um, about her, her success and also about technology and how to thrive in, in, in corporate business and, and also what can we learn about the trends in technology that really might help us uh, be very successful with our, with our businesses. Uh, so these are some of the questions I'm going to ask Rachel um, Mishawa. Um, she's Vice President and General Manager of U.S. Business Consumption Enterprise Government and Cloud Industries at Intel. She leads nine different industry verticals in the U.S., She's accountable for an incredible $4 billion in sales. So a huge, huge welcome to, uh, to Rachel Kamishawa. Thank you so much, Chris. I am honored to be on and you know, share with folks how much technology is changing everything uh, that we do and how pervasive it's going to be in our lives over the next 5, 10, 15, and 20 years. Looking forward to the conversation. Fantastic, and uh, really also just interested to you know to find out a bit about you as well, and you know how how you've ended up in you know in this incredible role that you you're, you're doing, and um, uh, and uh, you know where that kind of the inspiration and ideas you took from your backgrounds. And I'd like to really start, Rachel, by um, by chatting about your background because I know um, you're a fourth sort of generation retailer um, and uh, having you know, a real retail insight, and they came from you know, the lessons that you learned growing up in Colorado with your family. And I'm just in, you know, interested to know how that inspired you today um, towards your success in, in business. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, how you make it from a small farm town in Colorado where you graduate with 32 kids in your high school class to working for one of the largest companies in the world in Silicon Valley um, is Definitely not the normal path, Chris, um, and I would love to sit here and tell you 
that it was super easy and I had it all planned out from when I was young, um, but none of those things would be true. Um, so, uh, as you said, I was a uh, fourth-generation retailer. My uh, family grew up in um, retail stores and shoe stores and grocery stores, you know, over and over and over. So from a very young age, I was working in my dad's businesses in front of customers on a regular basis who were always asking questions or looking for certain things. So at a very young age, I learned the importance of customer service and I learned the importance of just basic work ethic. You know, we lived on a, uh, a large ranch as well, so you couple that with waking up with the sun and going to bed late. There's never uh, a day where there's just nothing to do. So I accredit a lot of my success and a lot of my work ethic to my parents and the environment that they created for uh, my brother and my sister and I. Just a fabulous, fabulous way to to grow up. I think the first time I ever got to New York City, I must have been in my mid-20s. So um, did not grow up in the cities, didn't get to go to the cities, just very focused on, you know, doing the tasks that were right in front of me. And my dad would always tell me, you know, Rachel, find something that you love to do, and when you find what you love to do, your passion will come out in that. And I was fortunate enough to go to university and quickly figure out that something I was passionate about was people, but combining people with, uh, with technology and helping businesses and enterprises and governments figure out how to solve their business problems through the innovative use of technology. And, and what was it about technology for you then? Where did, where, where did that um, piece of the jigsaw come, come from? Well, again, right, it was not a standard path. I had, um, I had gone to school for civil engineering, of all things, and was working as a uh, civil engineer in heavy highway construction in the middle of the summer in Arizona. And for those of you who have been to Arizona in the middle of the summer, you know, the temperatures are quite ridiculous. You know, there were regular days in July and August where, you know, it's triple-digit temperatures from a Fahrenheit perspective. Right? We're talking 115 degrees Fahrenheit, 116, 117, um, very, very hot outside. And I remember thinking, geez, you know, I've got to stand outside and do all of these calculations for this particular business. Wouldn't it be easier if I could just write a little computer program that would allow me to do it. So I quickly wrote a mini computer program and started handing it out on the big floppy disks, and it kind of took off like hotcakes. And ever since then, I've been in, in technology, really just identifying business problems as simple as, geez, how do I make this more efficient, and how do I get out of the heat? Um, nothing more than that. And I've been able to work for some of the biggest and brightest companies in the world, helping them figure out how do their customers leverage technology to solve, you know, business problems like that, or how do I optimize my labor, how do I automate my factories, what do I do around detecting cancer early, how can we use technology to drive inventory levels down, and my brain has always just kind of thought that way. Must be a, yeah, a fascinating, fascinating world, and and uh, you, you you gained this uh, interest, and you had a you had an affinity for computer programs and uh, and, and problem solving, and 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 you you attracted to work for Intel, which is one of the world's most recognised computer brands, and the in, Intel Inside um, advertising, which um, is really um, you know very very familiar sort of globally. I'm just interested, you know, what attracted you to them and what are their focuses today and the kind of work that you do there? Oh, geez. 
um, well, you know, Intel is an uh, amazing, amazing company. And the great thing about Intel is it's not just a well-known brand, but it's also a company that doesn't just promise to go create the future for people and go create technology that will solve some of the biggest and most difficult problems. They actually do it every single day. There's 107,000 employees that show up every single day trying to figure out how do we tackle the biggest and most complicated problems on the planet. You know, and to, to put it in a simple perspective, you know, we're very focused on uh, a variety of things. Quite simply, we're focused on uh, data and data centers. So you think about all of the data that has been generated. Just over the last two years, there's a statistic that says 90% of the data has been generated in just those last two years. 90% of the data. So when Intel thinks about its focuses, we want to help customers figure out how to capture that data, how to process that data, how to analyze that data, how to turn that data into actionable insights. So we're very, very focused on um, our data center and how to help companies capitalize on the assets that they have from that data. We also spend a lot of time talking about our client, which is our traditional PC laptop business, another key focus area for us. Um, A third area for us is all around artificial intelligence and the benefit that artificial intelligence is going to provide to the world over the next five to ten years is pretty amazing, and we'll probably jump into that in a bit. Um, Artificial intelligence is going to change everything, and you couple artificial intelligence with what's happening from a 5G perspective, we're putting a lot of, uh, we're putting a lot of focus on 5G. In addition to what we're doing from a 5G perspective, we've got a focus on our IOTG business, which is our Internet of Things business, uh, and that's really about connecting all of the edge points. So that's everything from you know, a device that may sit outside in a city, helping the city become uh, a smarter city, to some of the autonomous driving that's happening, and everything in between. And then the last key focus area for us is really around memory and storage. And without getting super, super technical, you know, the whole concept of how do we take all of that data that is being generated and process it faster? How do we store it faster? Um, So those are really our, our key areas, artificial intelligence, 5G, Internet of Things, um, our memory business, our data center business, and our client business. Wow, this is a, yes, a, a, quite a massive, um, massive remit. And um, what, what, what um, sort of fits within the um, the roles that you look after? The area that you look after. Oh, What's gee. Um, well, you know, we'll talk a little bit about um, so the roles that I look after. Canvas just about every brand every government, and some of these smaller cloud providers in the United States. So it's everything from, you know, a Walmart to a, uh, a Warner Brothers. But one of the things that I talk to them a lot about is what I call business as usual. And this is really interesting, that the average age of a company used to be 60 years, and now it's 12 years. And when we're talking to customers, we're talking to customers about the fact that every single customer on the planet is going through some type of digital transformation. 50% of our workforce is going to be millennials by 2020. Amazing, amazing change. And as a business owner or as a government leader or just as a consumer, you think about the change that you all see every single day from a technology perspective, this is the least amount of change that we will ever see. 
Well, on that note, let's go to commercial break. So we think about that over the commercial break. Um, incredible message there. That's just the least amount of change we're going to see, and it feels like we're we're surrounded by change at the moment. It permeates everything. So look forward to continuing that conversation in just a couple of minutes. So do come back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper and welcome back to the show uh, we were talking to i'm talking to rachel and Bashawa, and rachel left us with uh, a real thought that had um, you know had me thinking before the break, which was that we're in a period where um, we will see we're seeing the least amount of change that we will ever see, which I just find quite an incredible statement. So yeah, please, Rachel, tell us a bit more about that, and uh, what does this rate of change look like? Oh well, the rate of change can actually be overwhelming for just about everybody. Um, a recent statistic actually talked about. of the jobs that people are going to go into in the next 12 years haven't been invented yet. Let me say that one more time, just for it to sink in. 38% of the jobs that people will go into in the next 12 years haven't been invented. That's absolutely an indicator of, you know, this is the least amount of change we'll ever see. You know, you think about the companies that have been created over the last 12 years that haven't existed, right? My seven-year-old, his entire goal and his career path right now is to be a YouTuber. 12 years ago, that was unheard of. But think about the university systems and, and the, the K-12 through systems or the primary school systems. If 38% of the jobs haven't been invented, what do we start teaching our kids? What is our employee base going to look like? What kind of software is there? You know, all of these things that I'm talking about, these aren't futuristic. This isn't, you know, the the Jetsons cartoon that some of us used to watch as kids. This is right now. And I think when a lot of leaders or governments really think about the amount of change that is coming at them, it seems to freeze them in their tracks. And what I'm suggesting is, You know, you can't just sit there and wait. You have to move forward. And yes, clearly 
We are living in a period of incredible change, which is anything but business as usual. There's got to be CEOs and companies that quickly take advantage of a lot of this change. My question to a lot of you out there is, huh, do you think this pace of change is going to slow? It's not. All of these dramatic shifts have got far-reaching implications across all of us and all of our future generations. We have to be prepared, and we have to talk about it, and we've got to go figure out how to make the future absolutely incredible. Mm. And you've mentioned that you have a seven-year-old, and you have, you have, um, you have four children, uh, and uh, you know, the responsibilities of being a, a mom. When you're a seven-year-old, you know, he wants to be a YouTuber, which... You know, it's something which you know, probably a lot of uh, parents now that their kids may want to be YouTubers as well because um, they spend a lot of time often watching YouTube. Do we need to be? How do we need to um, change our, our kind of attitudes as parents? Because uh, as you identify, 38% of jobs you know don't exist, haven't been invented yet. Do we need to take something of a lead from our children and, and be more supportive of them? Well. Here's the, here's the great thing about, uh, about being a, a parent, um, re- regardless of how many children you have, right? I have four. I have a 13-year-old, I have an 11-year-old, I have a 9-year-old, and I have a 7-year-old. And they're all very, very different, and they all have very different career goals. Um, interesting enough, when you just sit down and have a conversation with your child without all of the devices around, they're still just kids. And it just so happens that, you know, what's in front of them right now is YouTube and Fortnite and, you know, video games and a whole variety of things. It's different. It's not better than how we grew up as children or better than how our parents grew up or their parents grew up. It's just different. And I think we all have to embrace that technology is changing everything. It changes, right, what our kids have access to. It changes how we parent. It's just part of it. And if you try to ignore it, you're going to be behind the eight ball just like big companies are. We are absolutely in a period of unprecedented technological and economic development, and that applies to our children as well. Embrace it. It's chaotic, it's messy, it's magical. Um, and when your seven-year-old observes that a YouTuber can make a million dollars in a month and what other job out there can make that much money, uh, you should pause for a moment and figure out, you know, is there a way we could turn that into good for other impoverished companies or other impoverished countries? There's so many opportunities out there and the ideas are just endless. They come from anywhere even a seven-year-old. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what technological developments, you mentioned things like 5G, et cetera, what are the, what are the developments that we've really you know, got to understand and, and consider for our businesses so that we can, you know, we can compete? Yeah, no, that's and, a great and, and question. And help our customers but, as well. You know. Of course. But before we jump right into the technologies, I want to walk us through a little bit of history. Right, so everyone is familiar with the Industrial Revolution. It's a well-known observation that about every hundred years or so, we see an accelerated wave of innovation that changes everything. So you think back to the 1760s. It was the emergence of coal and steam. In the 1860s, it was the introduction of electrification. And a hundred years after that, we saw the birth of computers and communication. And in each of these major industrial revolutions, we saw massive disruption. But it also represented huge opportunities for those who are ready to take advantage. Think back to the 1760s when coal and steam were first introduced. Think about the companies or the governments and the countries that took advantage of that versus the ones that didn't. The same is applicable to where we're at today. 
And it certainly isn't 100 years after the 1960s. And when I talk about this period of unprecedented technological and and economic development, that's exactly what I'm talking about. We are moving faster than we ever have before. And we're entering something that the World Economic Forum calls the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And it's really characterized by the fusion of physical, digital, and biological systems. I know that sounds a little futuristic, and your question was around, hey, what are all the big technologies we should be aware of? But this is really the backstory for why we are here. And I'll share some examples of how this is continuing to change companies and governments. And I'll tell you, this fourth industrial revolution represents the next opportunity, not only to pay, play catch-up, but to leapfrog competition. It is a big deal. So think a little bit about some of the disruption, Chris, that you may have felt in the last three, six, nine, twelve months. Whether it's podcasts, whether it's you know any number of things, every single listener on the phone can think about something that has disrupted their lives from a technology perspective just in the last year. These are the things that represent the core ingredients of smart, progressive companies and governments, and they happen very, very quickly. So you can think about merged reality. You can think about industrial wearables. You can think about um, distributed ledgers and blockchain. You can think about robotics and 5G and smart machines and smart factories. You can think about cognitive systems and um, smart factories. You can think about autonomous driving. All of those things are super, super disruptive, but they are driving the next set of companies to be super successful. Incredible amount of of new market opportunities and sectors there to be expanded, and they will they will grow, and I guess they will have subsectors as well as new areas of technology, you know, being developed. Absolutely. In fact, a recent statistic said that fifty percent of large companies. Revenue is going to come from new business models. Think about that. 50% of companies' revenue is going to come from new business models. Let me give you a perfect example that I think is just fascinating when you take a step back and think about it. John Deere. When most people think about John Deere, Chris, what do you think they think about? Well, if I'm thinking of the same, I'm thinking of tractors. That's right. That's right. But guess what? John Deere is no longer a transactional tractor company. John Deere is a technology company. It's a technology company. Let me tell you why. It's not about the boring old tractor anymore. It is laser guided. It has moisture sensors built in. It is connected to the cloud. There's an app for it. It all updates to the tractor, and you can monitor for predictive and preventative maintenance just like you can in the modern technology in the cars that we all drive today. In fact, John Deere is taking it to the next level and really redefining its business model and the way that it delivers information back to the farmers. Farming is now one of the most technologically advanced segments in the market. Talk about some of the capabilities that John Deere is putting in their tractors. They have sensors in seed planters to accurately set planting depth and separation in order to optimize crop growth. The steering system autonomously guides a 120-foot ride, uh, 120 foot wide farming equipment within an inch of accuracy in order to maximize crop return. These are the kinds of new business models that companies are figuring out. Everything from that to robotic surgery to you know, autonomous vehicles to supply chain and everything in between. 
you know, and it's really important that every single company and government, frankly, even consumers, are very aware of what's going on. Every successful business, I would say, is acutely aware of their competitors. They know what their strengths and weaknesses are, and they know how to address them. However, in this world of rapidly evolving business models, where a tractor company is now a technology company, everyone is looking to accelerate innovation, the most likely disruptor to any existing business is not going to be your traditional competitor that you think of, but it's going to be the one that blindsides you. It could be a company that never existed, right? If we go back to one of the statistics that I said in the beginning, Right? The average age of companies used to be 60 years, and it's now 12. Think about Airbnb and Uber. They've been able to make unpredictable moves across industries and disrupt a segment that no one saw coming. Here's a great quote from the Lewis Carroll book, Through the Looking Glass, that I love, and it's called The Red Queen Effect. It says, it takes all the running you can do to stay in the same place. Mm. Let me say that one more time. It takes all the running you can do to stay in the same place. And I think that's really where a lot of companies and enterprises and governments are, is they're just trying to keep pace and they don't know where to go next. Yeah, and like those, those organizations who've maybe got huge infrastructure, like hotel chains and uh, taxi companies and... Um, uh, suddenly they've got to, or you know, what Amazon has done. Suddenly they've got all of this um, expensive um, assets, uh, which they've uh, they've got to make um, make change to to stay, um, as you say, running in the same spot. Um, not easy. Oops, it is not that. easy at all. I'm just thinking about um, about uh, you know Kodak being blinded by digital photography. That was one of the you know an earlier one, but um, it's it's everywhere around us, isn't it? It really is, and you know you think about you know your question was what what's the technology that we should all be aware of? You know we can certainly talk about all of the technology, but I think the the most important thing for us to have a conversation about is. You know, what are our customers trying to do? What are our consumers asking for? You think about um, how you use technology. Here's what you're expected to do um, as, a, as a company, as an enterprise. And I think there are a lot of things that, uh, you know, that companies lead with, right? They lead with, oh, we're a technology company. Take the John Deere example. They knew exactly who their customer was and knew what they needed to do to innovate, to capture that market in a way that no one had before. Those are the kinds of mind shifts that have to happen across all industries. And, and does this start with you know, making sure that your, your kind of purpose and your, your, your vision is very aligned to uh, technology and staying at the forefront to help your consumers? You know, at the end of the day, you've got to lead with your customer um, versus the technology. But I think there's a couple things that are so important, that are so important for um, not just companies to recognize, but for every person on the planet to recognize. Right? You think about the demographics that exist all over the world today. What, there's about 7 billion or so people in the world today? I read a recent study that said every nine seconds we have a baby boomer who's retiring. We are at a point in history right now where there are more people retiring than entering the workforce. And I just spent the last 30 minutes having a conversation with you, Chris, about how fast technology is coming at us and how pervasive it is and how much change there is going to be. And now I'm telling you we don't have enough people entering the workforce. Mm. 
if that doesn't make you pause for a moment, I don't know what will. There are some big problems that all of us have to go figure out over the next several years to continue to to have all of these amazing technologies create advantage in all of our lives. Everything is different now. Everything is different now. Again, if the Internet were a movie... I'd say we'd be in the opening credits. <laughs> well, well, you've really got you've really got me thinking, and I know you've got lots of other people listening to this thinking as well. Um, yeah, about uh, about technology and the demographics and some of the problems that we're going to face going forward. So, I'm looking forward to having a commercial break now. After the break, we'll come back and uh, we'll find out um, a little bit more about this and uh, and some of the things uh, that um, one or two. I'd like one or two things that. Um, uh, Rachel can maybe share with us to you know, help us to become you know, better leaders uh, within our work as well would be very interesting to, to look at too. So we'll be back again with you in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with uh, Rachel Mashawa. Uh, we're talking about innovation and, uh, and success. And um, Rachel was sharing um, some really you know, fascinating points before the break around, uh, around you know, uh, different areas of technology disruption, about demographics, some of the big problems that we're going to face um, uh, over the coming years as well. And Rachel, we've got um, you know, probably you know, a good few minutes left just to talk about um, this subject. I'd like to to ask you a little bit as well about um, your, rec- your, your tips on people developing their careers and being leaders. But, Rachel, in, in the time that we've got left, what do you think are the important things we talk about right now? Well, there's so many important things to talk about right now, but as you and I have, uh, have chatted in the past, Chris, one of the areas that I'm super, super passionate about is getting more... Um, women and underrepresented minorities into um, science, technology, engineering, and math fields. You know, and we just, right before the break, we talked a little bit about how there are more people retiring than are entering the workforce right now, which makes this particular conversation of utmost importance. We've got to figure out a way to insert more people into the technology arena, and a more diverse and inclusive workforce, imperative for all of our futures. Mm. And, and what, you know, what do you see, what, what do you see um, still kind of slowing that back? Because, you know, we, we talk about diversity 
over the last certainly ten years, it's been an important subject, and, uh, and and women in the workplace, and you know, where where do you think we've come over that time, and where do we need to be over the next ten years to also um, ensure this uh, shortfall in 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 resources is uh, is, is managed? What, you know, where do you see the future of this? Where do we need to get to, and how do we do it? Yeah, well, look, there's no doubt that women are crucially important to the world's economy. We hold up half the sky. About 56% of female students are on college campuses right now. They're the equal number of K-12 girls and boys enrolled in high school math and science classes. So from a pipeline perspective, we're doing and we're making the kinds of investments that we should. But yet, as they start to enter the workforce, those numbers decrease around the globe significantly all the way down to the board level, right? The higher up in the organizations you go, the fewer and fewer underrepresented minorities and women are there. You've heard people talk about, hey, this is a pipeline problem. I'm telling you, it is not a pipeline problem. Representation matters. The Progress is being made to fill the pipeline pretty significantly, right? 67% of female go- of coders have got less than um, five years of coding experience. They are entering the tech fields. So progress is being made to fill the pipeline, but the pipeline is leaking. And that's what we really have to focus on is how do we, once we get the talent in the pipeline, how do we stop it? from leaking. We've got some really tough, tough problems to solve. Here's some interesting well, what, statistics. 2,000, well, the, the year 2,000. How do we create the environment that um, avoid this leakage? Yeah, exactly. Great question. Um, 50% of women are leaving STEM careers within the first 12 years. of women are leaving STEM careers within the first 12 years. That's a pretty scary number. Lots of reasons why the pipeline is is leaking. And I think a lot of it comes back to what is the corporate culture that is being created inside of these large companies. There are multiple reasons why that pipeline is leaking. Culture makes it really challenging for women and underrepresented minorities to feel like they fit in. There's bias in the hiring process. And frankly, for some reason, when women get home from their corporate job, they still pick up a big chunk of the work at home. Mm. That's tough. That's tough. And it's even tough for me. 30% of women are leaving their jobs because of the organizational climate. 86% of female millennials are identifying employers' policies on diversity and inclusion as an important factor on where to go work. Very different from where it was before. We've got work to do to retain those women and underrepresented minorities at every single level. And frankly, the stakes are just getting higher, Chris. Think about the entire last 45 minutes talking about technology and how pervasive it's going to be. We've got to make sure that the folks that are creating that technology are diverse and it's inclusive. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think also, for, you know, for me, one of, my, one of my passions is about helping companies to build engaged workforces and uh, workforces where people... You know, feel they love, love the mission. They feel valued. Um, they en- enjoy being in the workplace. The work's rewarding. It's flexible. It's um, you know, and creating those kind of cultures that people actually want to work in and stay in. Um, I, my, my father was a steel worker for 40 years, and uh, he, he didn't enjoy his work and didn't enjoy the environment. And I just think that's so so sad. And it just feels that this is even more, you know, more important. Um, well, it, you know, today to create that sort of climate that people is conducive with people having you know, great and enjoyable and added value careers. And, um, and you're right, if you blend that with diversity as well, um, 
You know, it, it, and, and I think in America, actually, you're better at it than we are in Europe. I think we're, you know, we're further behind uh, than, than you are. Um, so, you know, we're looking for you to also lead the way with that, I think. Um, how, how do you know, how do you do, and in your environment that you work in, how do you, and in Intel, how do you create that sort of environment that appreciates di- diversity and, uh, and have a culture that people want to, want to stay and grow in? Well, at Intel, it was really a board-led initiative. It started at the very, very top. And I am thrilled to state that, you know, we uh, several years ago said that we were going to get to market share from a diversity and inclusion perspective, meaning full parity of what's coming out from the universities. We would have the same inside of Intel, and I'm thrilled to announce that we did that two years ahead of schedule. But diversity and inclusion is built into every single piece of what we do. And look, we recognized the importance of this. And what's going to happen if we don't change? If we don't change as a society and if we don't change as companies, we're going to end up coding into our society even more bias and less opportunities for women and underrepresented minorities just inadvertently. And frankly, we could get transported back to the dark ages pre-Lemon's web if we don't get this right. That's why it's so, so important, right? And one of our, um, our former COO, CEO, and chairman, Andy Grove, says, you can be the subject of a strategic inflection point, but you can also be the cause of one. That is no more true then than it is now. The world is changing at a record, record pace. We are at a strategic inflection point, both from a technology perspective, from a diversity and inclusion perspective, for you know, the future generations that are going to enter the workforce, and for the world that we want to go create and the obligation that we have to go create a future that's better than the one that we have today. It's up to folks like us, Chris, to go do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, I think it's also, I think it's up to you know corporate corporations and organisations to you know, to lead some of this. I'm not sure it always happens in government. Um, and um, I don't know what your, your view is on that, but it um, you know, there's an opportunity here for, for business really to lead change. I think. It absolutely is a opportunity for businesses to lead change, but not just businesses, right? It's up to every single one of us when we wake up in the morning to go create the future that we want to see. And gone are the days, I think, of, you know, telling women that you can't be a room mom and sit on a board of directors. Gone are the days when you uh, say, hey, you can't be a good mom and run a $4 billion organization. Gone are the days of, hey, you can't bring home the bacon, so to speak, and fry it in the pan. That little word and right in the middle of those, Chris, that's the secret to all of our future. It is the and. We all can do both. Right? You can run a successful P&L and still pick up a plastic phone when your three-year-old hands it to you. That's the magic. That's our secret. Figuring out how to really turn that and into something that ignites our souls to go do good. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I've got to ask the question, you know, how, how do you manage that? Zoo that you you're really you know effective. You're present present at work and you're present for your family. Is it just a is it just a, a mindset? Um, are there certain behaviours that you've you know adopted to enable you to do that effectively and uh, be there for your uh, amazing kids? I wish I could tell you um, that that part was easy. It's not. Every day you make a choice. 
sometimes you, you know, choose to be the great mom and put your phone down. And then there are days when you've got to be on an airplane for, you know, and away from your family for five or six days. They are always choices. It's hard. It's challenging. I'll tell you there's days when my kids will call me crying, saying, you know, Mom, why aren't you home? We really need you. All the other moms show up at school, and you're in China or you're someplace else. Why aren't you home? Those are the things that tug at your heart, and it is not easy, right? And I'll tell you, society still asks crazy questions. I was just on a plane this week, and I was asked, who's watching your kids? We've got to change it. It's hard, but when you find something you love and you've got the opportunity to go create the future and be the end, that's the choice that I've made. Wow. Well, you've um, certainly uh, inspired me today and uh, opened my mind. I kind of judge uh, some of the great interviews that I've done where I'm kind of learning a lot. I write lots of notes, and I've got several pages saved for having listened to you. Um, you're certainly going to get got me thinking, and, um, and, and I feel very inspired. And I just wonder if you've got a you know, sort of final message that you'd like to leave us with today. Sure. Never let anybody tell you you can't do it. We all own creating the future that we want. Embrace the chaos, embrace the magic, and go create wonderful. Well, well, on, on that note, I just want to say a huge thank you, Rachel. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, and uh, you know, thank, thank you for everything you've shared today. It's been been hugely inspiring and hugely thought provoking and and valuable. So, so thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Great. For, for more information, I would recommend that you Google uh, Rachel Mushawa. That's and the surname is uh, surname is M U S H A H W A R, and watch some of her YouTube videos. And there's uh, there's uh, one or two on there. I particularly uh, enjoyed the 2016 Global Retailing Conference. There was lots and lots of information there about technology, and also do check out um, Intel's website. An exceptional company to work for. So do check them out and opportunities. And uh, um, you know, one day you might find yourself in a in a situation like um, like Rachel and Intel. On next week's show, we've got Dr. Mansour Malik. He's the chairman of the International Diplomatic Club and magazine. He's a fascinating man. And we're going to talk about leading and leading with love. Um, and uh, so be prepared to be inspired by um, Dr. Mansour Malik next week. He's a really, really thought-provoking man as well. So huge thank you to Rachel. Big thank you to Judy Robinette for introducing Rachel. And uh, please do send any questions, comments to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. And uh, I'm also happy to share any feedback through with uh, Rachel um, as well. So any other links, Rachel, or is that, is that all good? That is fabulous. Fantastic. Thank, thank you very much, and uh, wish you all well. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.